<clears throat> all right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts right here. So facts, like always, of course. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you guys are doing great so far here today on New Year's Day. So far in this afternoon. Hope you guys have an amazing, amazing New Year right here. 2022 has arrived. I hope you guys had a lot of fun last night celebrating the New Year. I mean, I was just like, whatever to me. You know, as you get older, it's... You really care less, to be honest, as you get older. That's just my opinion. But it is 2022, 2021. is in the past. You know, let's hope 2022 is a great year. That's all you got to hope for, you know. That's, that's all you could say. Just sit back and enjoy. Hopefully it's a good year. That's all I'm going to say right there. This is my AEW Rampage New Year's Smash review. And I got to say... This episode was really good. It was actually better than AEW Dynamite New Year's Smash. Because, you know, Dynamite New Year's Smash, it was good, but it could have been better. Rampage New Year's Smash was really good. And I'll really tell you, the best match of the night, the match that I really liked the most, was easily the women's match. Easily the women's match. The match, you know... I mean, every match was good, though. It was action in every match. I guess the match I really didn't... Um, not really didn't care for it. It's not that, um, I guess my least favorite match, if I had to say, had to be the first match between Darby Allen and Anthony Bowens. And that match was good, but, you know, if I had to pick which one I didn't like the most out of all three, I guess that would be the one. But they were all good at their own level right there, especially the women's match. It was the best. But this was the last, uh, wrestling show of 2021. I mean, obviously... It was taped, and, you know, the next time we see AEW, they will be on TBS on January 5th. I will be there in a few days. It's looking like a really good show, and Rampage will stay on TNT every Friday night at 10. And I just found out, because I know they're doing Battle of the Belts uh, next Saturday on TNT. They did say that AEW and TNT have a deal where it's like they're going to do four special shows on Saturday nights, which is pretty cool. So you got Battle of the Belts coming up next Saturday. And I think this is they're going to do with them between, like, the pay-per-views. So I'm assuming the next one will be sometime in the springtime. They'll do a Saturday night special show. That's pretty cool. You know, I like that deal. That's good right there. It's good for TNT as well. And I think it helps out AEW. It would be nice if it was a two-hour show because Battle of the Belts is only going to be a one-hour show. So I'm like, I mean, it's basically like Rampage. So hopefully in the future after Battle of the Belts they go to two hours. Because I'm just saying, it would be nice. But let's get right into the action right here. So the first match of the night right here between Darby Allen and Anthony Bowen. So a little mini feud right here between Darby and Sting and the Acclaimed right here. So I'm down for it right here. And the match itself had a lot of action. You know, Bowen's I feel like has been very determined ever since he had the match with Brian Danielson back on Rampage last month. Like he's been on fire ever since then. He has been on fire. Like, seriously. Like, he has been at a different level. Because I feel like that match, kind of like how uh, when Dante Martin wrestled Malachi Black, like, Dante Martin's been on a different level really since then. And that's how Anthony Bowen's been since he wrestled Brian Danielson. He's just been at a different level. I think that gave him a lot of confidence. And he's been really good. He has been really good in the ring. He's had a lot of great matches since that match right there. He's just been doing really, really good. I'm really impressed with him. I'm seriously impressed. 
You know, and um, I kind of am thinking like there probably will be a match between uh, Darby and Sting versus the Acclaim, like a tag team match. I'm sure we'll see that pretty soon, which would be really cool to see. Like, I think I did mention it um, during the Holiday Bash review. You know, that I really want to see Sting and Darby Allen go after the tag team titles. Or I think more I said was I want to see Sting go after the world title. But I would like to, I really would like to see Sting and Darby go after the tag team titles. Not necessarily win the tag team titles, but at least get a tag team title shot. Because they are undefeated as a tag team. They haven't lost yet. They've beaten, they beat Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. They beat the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They beat 2.0, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. They beat FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. They beat the Gun Club, uh, Billy Gunn and Colton Gunn. So that's all the tag team action. Other than, you know, they had the six-man tag team match with themselves and Punk versus FTR and MJF. But just in regular tag team action, they're undefeated. They still haven't been beaten. So, you know, uh... Like, say if the Lucha Bros do retain against Jurassic Express. I mean, would that be a good match right there? The Lucha Bros versus Sting and Darby? Would that be good? You know, can Sting really keep up with the pace of the Lucha Bros? I mean, those guys are quick. You know what I mean? Like, you get Sting and... Well, I mean, I'm sure they would do Sting like versus Penta. And then more of it like Darby versus uh, Ray. Because, yeah, I think Sting couldn't keep up with Ray Phoenix. If, if this was, like, Sting from, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, definitely. But I don't think right now he can keep up with Phoenix. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Penta, I feel like he can keep up with. But um, they, they would make it work, you know. I think a lot of people probably would criticize it. But I think, I think it would make it work. But I still want Santana and Ortiz to be the next World Tag Team Champions. That's what I want. So hopefully we get that pretty soon. But... I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Sting and Darby go after the tag team titles. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, unless they want to give Sting one more championship. I mean, that, I, mean I, I could see it. I could definitely see it happening. We'll see if, they, we'll see if it does happen, though. Right now, I kind of doubt it, but, you know, we'll see. Down the line, they got to be getting a world tag team title shot soon. I mean, come on. They have to. Um, well, yeah, back to this match right here. Like I said, Darby and Bowens, they put on a good match. Entertaining as hell. really was. It really, really was. Because we've never seen these two go out at one-on-one. So I thought, okay, you know, let's see if they have good chemistry in the ring. They absolutely did. It was great to see Darby back in singles action. First time in about a while. I think the last time Darby was in singles action. I'm trying to think, when was the last time Darby was in singles action? Was it against MJF at full gear? It may have... No, actually, no, no, it wasn't. No, uh, it was against Billy Gunn on Rampage last month. So I totally forgot about that match right there. And that's nothing against that match. Just I forgot about it. But, um... Not with Bowens. He's really elevating himself, like, this whole... This last month. Like, he could be a nice breakout star in 2022. Like, I doubt they're going to break up the Acclaim. Because they are... They are pretty hot, the Acclaim. They really are. And it would be nice to see them win the tag team titles in the future. You know, I think that's the plan, which would be really nice. Um, but I feel like if Bowens was to go by himself, he could have a damn good singles run. He absolutely could. Because he's proven that he can go with the best. Like, when he had that match with Brian Danielson on Rampage last month, 
I mean, come on. That match put him on the map right there. It absolutely did. He didn't win, obviously. I mean, he wasn't going to win. But he did fucking great. He absolutely did. Against one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation. He hit a grand slam in that match. Absolutely did. He was able to keep up with Danielson. He did great. And this was pretty funny right here, like when uh, Darby was going to fly on Bowens and Max Caster got involved and Sting took him out. Oh, my God. And then Bowens took out Darby and Bowens like, oh, look at your boy. And then Sting's like, look at your boy. So, touche on that one. And then Darby was able to take down Bowens and Bowens outside the ring again after he hit him with the um, code red in the ring. And went for the pin, but it wasn't enough right there. And Bowens got out of the ring. Caster went next to Bowens. And here came Darby, like shot out of a cannon. Taking out Caster and Bowens. I love when Darby does that. And then he got Bowens back in the ring. Hit him with the coffin drop. One, two, three. Darby Allen gets the win over Anthony Bowens. Great match. Great opener. Like I said, out of all the matches right here, if I had to say which one I liked the least, it, had, it would have to be this one. But again, it's nothing against that match because every match was so good. On this card. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, that women's match was insane. We're going to talk about that next. Like, I can't wait to talk about it. Because I had to watch it twice, obviously. And it was just... It was so insane. It really was. It really, really was. I had, like, no expectations for the women's match, in my opinion. But, oh my god. I had, like, no expectations that it was going to be that good. I seriously didn't. But a great match between Darby and Bowens. And here came Andrade El Idolo with his assistant, Jose. And they were on the ramp right there. And Andrade was clapping and distracted Darby because he claimed took out both Sting and Darby after the match. Anthony Bowens hit Sting with the boom box. And then Max Caster knocked out Darby Allen with the chain. So this is definitely far from over between the acclaimed and Darby Allen and Sting. And it looks like we're going to get a Darby Allen and Andrade El Idolo feud. We haven't seen Andrade El Idolo since he lost to Cody Rhodes uh, early on this month, the first Dynamite of this month, where they went through the, the table right there on fire. I mean, that was crazy. Uh, the, yeah, the Atlanta Street fight. Oh, my God. That match was, that match was insane. Um, but, yeah, it's the last time we saw Andrade Alidolo, so... A feud between him and Darby, that would be pretty interesting. That's a pretty interesting feud. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm totally down for that feud. If it's a mini feud or if it, even if it goes on pay-per-view, that's fine. Like, I would think, like, who needs to win more? You have to say Andrade. You have to say Andrade because Darby's got his wins. I think him losing to Andrade wouldn't hurt him because we know Darby's going to be a future world champion in AEW. He'll be TNT champion again down the line. Maybe even tag team champions would sting. So Darby losing to Andrade, if it does happen, it doesn't hurt him. It would, it would really elevate him if he beats Andrade, but I feel like if Andrade wins, because he really needs it when you think of it, because Andrade's kind of like been, you know, on and off at times. So I think him beating Darby in a feud, that would be good. And they can, they can wrestle down the line again, and Darby could beat him and get revenge on him. So it wouldn't hurt Darby at all if he loses to Andrade. It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't at all. So I'm just going to say that. And, like, there'll be people that will say, there people that will say, oh, well, Darby Allen's buried. You know, if you lose to Andrade, but that's not true, though. It's really not. You act like Darby 
consistently loses. You know what I mean? Come on. But great match. I'm looking forward to it if we get Darby on versus Andrade. Like I said, whether it's a mini feud or we have it at Revolution, can't wait. So we got back from commercial. We saw, like, uh, we heard Taz's voice, you know, breaking down Hook's technique and some of the moves he was doing in his matches against Fuego Del Sol and uh, Bear Bronson. And the submission hold is no longer called the Taz mission. It's called the Red Rum, you know, backwards. That's, you know, murder. So that's pretty... That's, pretty cool right there for Hook, so whenever he's going to wrestle next, can't wait. Hopefully we see him on Dynamite, you know, pretty soon. Hopefully we see him on a live Dynamite. Maybe they're waiting until they go to D.C., because Rampage is going to be live in D.C. Like, you know, Hook's going to wrestle a live match pretty soon. Like, not where it's taped. You know what I mean? That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say right there. So hopefully Hook gets on a match on live TV pretty soon, whether it's on Dynamite, whether it's on Rampage on the 21st, where it's going to be live. But one of the rare times Rampage will be live. I still say Rampage should be live at Daly's Place. That's what they should do. Or do it at the uh, Universal Studios right there where they film AW Dark. Just do Rampage live from the Universal Studios. That's fine. They'll draw a good crowd. You know, you can also still do a little bit of AEW Dark right there before you do Rampage. It makes sense. So that's just what I would do right there. I feel like the ratings would spike up a little bit if if it was um, if Rampage was live. Because the ratings have been better when they were live. You know what I mean? Especially when uh, they did the first dance and they drew 1.1 million because everybody thought CM Punk was going to debut and he did. But still, it is amazing how... They didn't even advertise CM Punk at all. They teased him. Like, they were teasing CM Punk. But they never, like, advertised him, say, oh, Punk is with AEW and he's actually going to show up. Like, no. You know what I mean? So that's still impressive by them, nonetheless. Um, but now we get to the next match right here. The women's street fight. A tag team street fight between the Bunny and Penelope Ford versus Ty Conti and Anna Jay, known as Ty J. And holy cow, like I said, going into this match right here, I was like, okay, this feud's still continuing between Penelope and the Bunny and Conti and Jay. I'm just like, is this feud going to end? Because it's been going on since like September or, yeah, like early September it started. Like the first Dynamite September it started. So it's been going on for three months. It's like, all right, I mean, how much longer are we going to continue right here? So I think this was definitely the final nail in the coffin of this feud. But holy cow, did they go out with a bang. This match was bloody. It was gruesome. It was crazy. I did not expect that out of any of these four women in this match. I didn't think they could do a type of match like this. I thought maybe Ty Conti could do a match like this. But holy cow, like three-fourths of the women in this match. I didn't think they could wrestle a match like this. It was insane. It was insane. Like, the bunny, she had the brass knucks on right away. She was going to hit Anna Jay with it. And Anna Jay put the, uh, the chair up to shield her face. And then she grabbed the brass knucks and she whacked the bunny with them. And, like, um, after Penelope Ford did a moonsault to Ty Conti on the table. And it wasn't through the table because the table didn't break. And we've usually seen that with women wrestlers. Like, when they try to do table spots, the table doesn't break. Well, you know, they do weigh less than the men. You know, if you have men doing that. There's rare times where the table doesn't break, but most times it does, you know, due to their weight. So, you know, it's 
a little bit hard. It, that's always happened for years too, right there with women. Like I remember, like one time, I think it was TLC twenty ten. It was uh, Lay Cool, you know, Michelle McCool and Layla versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and they tried to do a couple table spots. I think like the last time they tried, the table did break. But I think they tried like two or three times, and the table didn't break. So it's different for the women right there. You know what I mean? That's just how it's always been. It's like when you when the table doesn't break, it is kind of awkward. It's like that awkward silence for a second. Like, oh, the table didn't break. <laughs> oh my god. But um, no. I mean, after Penelope did that, and she went to go look at the bunny, and the bunny was all bloody all over her face, like a left side of her face was all destroyed right there. I was like, holy cow. Like, the blood was just flowing right down from her. I mean, she definitely didn't bleed. I don't think she bladed at all. I think that was definitely real blood. You could tell when it's real blood and when it's like, you know... Well, of course, when you blade, it's real blood, but the blood doesn't come out like that. You know what I mean? Like, Ty Conti was, you know, bleeding a little bit. Like, was that real blood? I keep saying real blood. Like, was it bladed or was it like, you know, it actually just came out naturally? I think it did come out naturally. It looked like it was bladed a little bit, but towards the end, yeah, it definitely wasn't bladed at all. But, um, no, but the bunny was destroyed right there. Like, her whole face right there, the whole left side of her face was bloodied. And you would think she was going to pass out with all that blood coming out. But, no, she kept on going. She did great. Like, these four women really made a name for themselves. We know that Ty Conti has made a name for herself. She's been in a women's title match on pay-per-view. But you have Penelope Ford, and you have the Bunny, and you have Anna Jang. That have kind of, like, been on and off of TV at times. Like, Ty Conti, out of all those foremen, has been on TV the most. And she's gotten the most title matches, you know what I mean? Because she wrestled for the NWA Women's World title back in New Year's Smash um, last year. You know, last year when she wrestled Serena Deeb for it. Then she wrestled Akara Shida in April. For the AEW Women's World title. And then she wrestled with Dr. Britt Baker. For the AEW Women's World title at full gear. So she's been in the most title matches. She's been in the most of the spotlights. So it was really cool to see. You know. Anna Jay being that spotlight. She's been in the spotlight a lot too. You know. But hopefully we get to see Penelope more in the spotlight. And same with the Bunny. Because. I think they made a lot of fans after this match last night. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people like uh, Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Like, some people kind of like whatever with the bunny and Penelope Ford. But, oh, my God. But especially when Penelope did that moonsault off the top rope. And, yeah, the table didn't break, which, of course, like I've always said, is awkward. But just seeing her do that, like, I was like, no, no way. There's no way she's going to do that. And she did. I was like, oh, my God. Just a crazy, crazy match. Especially in the women do it. Like, you know, it was, kind of, it was like similar to last year when Dr. Burt Baker and Thunder Rosa went at St. Patrick's Day Slam where they had the, the lights out match. And it was like, oh my God. Like, seeing the women do these type of matches is great. You know what I mean? Especially like when, um, when they finally let the women, you know, wrestle inside Hell in a Cell. When Charlotte and Sasha Banks wrestled inside Hell in a Cell back in 2016 for the Royal Women's title. It was the very first time we ever saw women wrestle inside of Hell in a Cell. And the storage was great too, like how Mick Foley like didn't want them to do it. But it was insane seeing them do it. It was awesome. Especially seeing them wrestle like in a last women's standing match and again, you know, steel cage matches. Like it's really great to see the women, whatever wrestling company it is, wrestle in these kind of matches. Because they're making a name for themselves, saying, you know what, we can do it well, we could do it 
just as good right here. You know what I mean? And they knocked it out of the ballpark in this match. They absolutely did. They really impressed me. I'm sure they impressed a whole lot of people. Because this match got a lot of positive, you know, receptions. Except, you know, for the moonsault on the top row where the table didn't break. I mean, yeah, I couldn't stand that. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, seeing it through the moonsault was cool, but the table not breaking, uh, yeah, that wasn't awesome. I know I saw some people on Twitter saying it was awesome. Like, uh, it really wasn't. I'm just saying. But, um, no, but as this match went along and the bunny kept on bleeding, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm sure she's got a lot of staples in her face right now after, uh, well, after Wednesday, because, like I said, it was tape. But, you know, we'll keep kayfabe alive. We'll say it was, you know, last night. We'll try to do that. I'll try to do my best to keep kayfabe alive. Um... <laughs> But then we did see the bunny grab the uh, the thumbtacks, you know, in that little black bag right there. I'm like, oh, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. And um, it looked like she was going to put Anna Jay right into the thumbtacks. But they went into the corner. And Anna Jay put the bunny on the top rope. And then Anna Jay with a suplex off the top rope. And the bunny lands all over the thumbtacks. I'm like, oh, my God. Jesus, that was sick right there. And I think this had to be Anna Jay's best match in AEW because I've been kind of like, you know, a little bit critical of her because she's kind of moved a little bit slow in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what I've seen out of her. But this was definitely her best match. Like, oh, my God. Well, even the match she had with uh, Britt Baker back in uh, October, that match was good. So she has improved a whole lot. That was crazy as hell last night. Like, Jesus, like, watching this, like I said, before the match started, I was like, all right, let's see how this match is. Like, I heard good things about it, because obviously the spoilers came out, so I'm like, all right, let's see how it is, though. Because, you know, people could be saying that, you know, and whatever. It's like going to a movie. Like, a lot of people could say it's good, but then you go see it, and you could be like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, it happens to everybody. But after Anna Jay did that suplex off the top rope to the bunny all over the thumbtacks, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, God have mercy right here. Oh, my God. Be like Uncle Jesse right here. Like, have mercy. Oh, my God. Jesus. You get kind of like the ECW vibes in this match. Like, the old ECW vibes from this match. Just seeing the women do it was... You love you to see it. You love to see the women do these type of matches. I know eventually we'll see the women wrestle in a steel cage match here in AEW. Most likely will be Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Because like, like I said, we all know Thunder Rosa is going to be the one to beat Britt. She's, she's easily the best choice. We already know that. Hopefully we'll get to see a ladder match. You know, I'm pretty sure down the line we'll see it. It's just great. You love to see these type of matches to see the women do it. It's great. Back in the past, like way back in the day, you really wouldn't see it. I mean, some women would take, you know, crazy spots, especially like Mae Young at an old age, God rest her soul right there, taking that power bomb right there from the Dudley Boys. A couple times took power bombs from the Dudley Boys back in like, I think it was 2000. Like, oh my God. <laughs> crazy, just crazy, crazy, crazy. These are things you just love to see in wrestling. And then we saw Penelope Ford in... Um, Ty Conti going at it, you know, on the ring apron. It looked like Penelope Ford was going to slam Ty Conti through a table, but then Ty Conti hit a gotch powerbomb 
two penalty for it onto the table. This time it broke, so through the table right here, the gotcha power bomb from Ty Conti, Penelope Ford, through the table, and they were done after that. I was like, oh my god, well, that, that time the table broke. Second time was the charm right there. Oh my god. Jesus Christ, man. Absolute madness throughout this match. Just insane. Like, God bless these women, man. They did great. Like, they seriously, seriously did great. You love to see it. You really do. And then back in the ring, the bunny put the brass knucks back on. And it looked like she was going to, you know, knock out Anna Jay with it. But then she slipped on the thumbtacks. I was like, uh-oh. And then Anna Jay had barbed wired on her, uh, I think it was like her right arm. And she got her, she got the, the bunny in the Queen Slayer, and she had the barbed wire all on her face. And the bunny tapped out, all gruesome and bloody. She taps out, and Anna Jay and Ty Conti, Ty Jay, get the win over Penelope Ford and the bunny. What a match. This match gets two thumbs up from me. Amazing. Just amazing. I'm sure when they went backstage, they got an amazing reception from everybody that was back there. Just wow. Like, right now, that's the highlight of all these four women's career right here. Like, that's easily the highlight of their careers. Like, I mean, how could it not be? Just how could it not be? Like, seeing what they did in this match, amazing. It's definitely going to go down as one of my favorite women matches that I watched this year in AEW. I still have uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa at number one. This might be number two. Or, well, no, because I got I to gotta put Serena Deeb in one, one of the matches you have with the Karoshita. Up there, I would say, like, the anniversary show when they wrestled. That would be number two for me, because Serena Deeb and Karoshita put on some really good matches. And, of course, Britt Baker's up there beating, you know, Karoshita for the women's title, of course. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, huge ovation for these women, a lot of props. Damn good match. A damn good match. Like, I'm sure they felt like shit after this match. And I could imagine. I'm sure, like I said, they got staples probably all over them right now. Oh, my God. Like, I really want to see all these four women really be involved in the title picture next year. Or, excuse me, this year. This year. I'm so... Now, I got to get used to calling in uh, this year now. We're in 2022. We're no longer 2021. got to be used to it now. But you know what I would really like to see, though? I really would like to see this. I really want to see, because we know Jay Cargill is going to beat Ruby Soho for the TBS Women's title on Dynamite on Wednesday. I feel like Jay Cargill's first feud, let her face Anna Jay. Let her face Anna Jay, because you could say, well, you could do heel versus heel. You could throw the Bunny and Penelope Ford in a feud with Jay Cargill. Yeah, but I mean, heel versus heel, I mean, it could work, but I think Anna Jay... That would be nice. I think that would be nice right there. You get a nice feud between her and Jade to start off right there, you know, with Jade's uh, title run. That'd be nice. I would love to see it. We'll see if it happens, though. Did I speak into existence? Hopefully I just did. Because that'd be really cool to see. Like, talk about two women that really have been good in the ring recently. Like, Jade Cargill's been great ever since she's debuted. And Anna Jay has improved down the line, especially in this match right here. I think she's only going to get better. And Jade Cargill, we already know, is going to be a star. She looks like a star. 
and she's been a star so far, and she she's gonna be amazing, and she already is amazing. She's gonna be. I mean, what's better than amazing? <laughs> what's better than amazing, right there? I don't even know what you could say is better than amazing. But now we will talk more about Dynamite when we finish talking about the main event. So now let's get to the main event right here for the TNT Championship. So the TNT Champion, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, defending his TNT Championship against all-ego Ethan Page. So I thought maybe they are going to save this match for Battle of the Belts, but no, right away. So after, a week after Cody wins the TNT title, he's defended it the next week right here on Rampage. And I got to say, a really good main event. A damn good main event right here. You know, Ethan Page has got the talent to him. He's a good heel, you know, uh, even though it feels like Cody's the heel in this match is what it feels like. Like, I know a lot of people, how they feel about Ethan Page, what he did in Impact Wrestling last year with the whole, you know, uh, karate character persona and how his karate, you know, character persona died. Like, he wrestled himself on a green screen. I mean... I don't know what they were thinking right there. And there's a reason why Impact Wrestling doesn't even draw 100,000 viewers. Like, their last show drew 79,000 viewers. I get a lot of people have access TV, but just, oh my god. Like, I think anybody that watched that, you definitely had to, like, get a refund for that match right there. Because I saw some, like, highlights of it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. But you gotta, like, give Ethan Page a lot of credit, though. After Impact Wrestling, after he left Impact Wrestling, he's been much better here in AEW. He's really made a name for himself. He debuted in the Face of the Revolution ladder match last year. He didn't win, but he got to wrestle. And there's a lot of matches, big matches right here that he lost. But he got to be in the ring with Sting, which not many people could say. You know, he had a crazy coffin match with Darby Allen at Fighter Fest Night 1 last year. You know, and he got to main event right here in Rampage. You know, he's, you know, he's done pretty good for himself, Ethan Page. He's had a huge resurgence, you know. Hopefully, maybe he wins a title pretty soon, which would be really nice. It would be nice because he's got the talent right there. His character's great when he speaks, you know. He speaks volumes right here when he gets angry. Like, you could hear the bass in his voice, like him really being pissed off. You know, I don't think him and Scorpio are going to last as a tag team this year. I think they're going to break up at some point. Whatever, Dan Lambert, maybe Dan Lambert will be a manager for either one of them. Like, he'll choose or whatever. Um, but yeah, Ethan Page, he's got the talent to him. He really does. He's got, good, he's got a good physique as well. You know, it would be really nice. It would be really nice. It would be really nice to see him, you know... It would be nice to see him win a championship, though. It would be really nice. Like, could I see it happening? It's... Like, time will tell. Time will definitely tell right there. But we'll see. Um, And, uh... It was funny, like, when Mark Heron was doing the whole thing, you know, interviewing... Ethan Page and Cody Rhodes, even though they both didn't speak, Dan Lambert and Arn Anderson both spoke. Did notice uh, Cody Rhodes' new shirt, heel, babyface, and uh, what did it say? Um, what, did, what did it say? Champion or something? Or winner? Oh, winner? Yeah, it said winner. Um, it was like you know, like a like a box right there. You would check like the check marks. Yeah, it was heel wasn't checked, babyface wasn't checked, and it had winner like checked with his. The symbol right there, so I was like, oh, okay. 
You're going to keep teasing the fans right here, Cody. I mean, I can respect it. He, he definitely had a lot of heel tendencies in this match. You know, other than, you know, when one of the fans actually helped him up at Frank's side. So that was, that was pretty cool, though. Pretty sure he made that fans day right there, you know. If that was me, I probably would have backed away off kid. I would have helped Cody up. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been a jerk like that. I know a lot of people would have done that, but I wouldn't have done that shit. That would have been wrong. Even if he would have thrown the belt at me, like I wouldn't I wouldn't throw the belt back. Because I feel like that was really wrong what they did right there. Back on Dynamite last month, like the Dynamite before Thanksgiving. Or excuse me, two months ago. Um, the Dynamite before Thanksgiving where Cody threw his weight belt into the crowd and one of the fans threw it back. I mean, yeah, that was pretty dangerous. Because God forbid if Aubrey Everett would have slipped or anybody else would have slipped on it. I mean, come on. I get everybody hates Cody, you know, or most people hate Cody. Because he was getting the Let's Go Cody, Cody Sucks chant. It brings me, it really brings me back to, like, Cena right there. Let's Go Cena, let, you know, Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks chant. I swear, it's like, oh, my God. It's like Cody is basically, it almost feels like he's John Cena right now in this position. But hopefully he turns heel, even though Cena was a heel. Starting off his career in the WWE, obviously, but then when he turned babyface, he never turned heel after. He would show his heel tendencies at times. Like I really thought in 2012, when he had the you know rise above hate shirt, and Kane was trying to get him to embrace the hate. You could see Cena was getting like you know, no, maybe I will embrace that hate, but they never did it. It's what it is. It's what it is. Hopefully, Cody can embrace that hate, and he actually does turn heel. We've seen Cody as a heel. We've seen Cody as a heel in his earlier days in the WWE. We've seen him as a heel. He was a damn good heel. And we saw him as a heel in Ring of Honor. We know that he could be a great heel. He's done, he did it before in WWE. He did it before in Ring of Honor. He can do it in AEW. He absolutely could. What he's got to do is embrace that hate right there. Just hear Kane's voice saying embrace the hate. That's what Cody really should do. And I, I remember, this is the funny thing, when I was 11 years old and I was reading Wikipedia, like the night after Cena and Kane had that segment where Kane was saying embrace the hate and said John Cena turned heel last night, I was like, there's no way, he didn't turn heel. And then yeah, next week he was being a babyface, he didn't turn heel. I was like, wait, did he actually turn bad? And at 11 years old at that time, I liked all the babyfaces, I didn't like any of the heels at all, so it probably would have broke me at 11 years old because John Cena was my guy at that time. So if he would have turned heel, I probably would have been upset and I probably started cheering for, you know, other people. Or maybe I would, I would have embraced that hate as well. Because I really, it's a funny thing, I didn't start liking the heel wrestlers until I turned 14. Like when Kevin Owens came on the scene to the main roster, that's when I started to like the heels a lot more. Like more than the babyface. You start to understand the heels a lot more. Like, you know, why they are the way that they are and shit like that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> that's why I am more of, like, a heels kind of guy. Like, I still like the baby faces, but I like the heels a lot more. But this match right here, like I said, it was good. We saw Dan Lambert try to pull some tricks right here, which was expected, of course. And Scorpio Sky did the same thing, like, when the referee was distracted from Ethan Page. Scorpio Sky attacked Cody Rhodes outside the ring. But here came Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes defending his brother, and they went up into the crowd right there fighting. And they they ran off right there, so... It basically turned back into that one-on-one match that we still had on at ringside. We still had Dan Lambert at ringside. But Cody and Ethan did their thing. And where Cody was starting to show his heel tendencies, like when he was ripping off the knee brace of um, Ethan Page, 
and before that he had him in the Indian death block, then he put him in the figure four, so really putting pain on Ethan Page's leg right there, or more more than knee right there, I should say. So those, that's like a heel tendency move right there. Like you can see Cody wasn't really smiling throughout this match and really being into it with the crowd. Like you can see his face, he's pissed off. So you know, maybe he's going to be more of like that serious like kind of baby face where he's going to have those heel tendencies. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't know what he's going to do with himself right here. Like I'm really hoping that he does turn heel. But if the plan is to do him versus Hook... Are you going to turn Hook babyface? You're going to turn Team Taz babyface? It doesn't really seem their kind of style to turn babyface. You know what I mean? Like, out of everybody in Team Taz, I can see Ricky Starks turning babyface. You know, but that's about it. I can't see Hobbs going into a babyface character, especially Taz or Hook right now. I just really can't see it. Other than Ricky, that's about it. That's all I'm trying to say. But, um, we'll, we'll see what happens, though. But we did see Ethan Page try to go for the Eagles edge right here. And Cody Rhodes was able to counter it. Hit two straight crossroads. He did hit one crossroads early on in the match. And they went for the Tiger Driver 98 right there. Look like, you know, it looks like the pedigree, but it's it's a different move. Obviously a different move right there. So Cody hits it. One, two, three. And Cody Rhodes retains the TNT Championship. So Cody's still the champ right here. He's still the champ. And now... I think the plan for Cody now going forward, I think he's going to wrestle Scorpio Sky at Battle of the Belts for the TNT Championship because he just beat Paige. So it's only fair that Sky gets a title match. And they did go at it for the TNT Championship back in August of 2020. So now I have to be used to not calling 2020 last year. You know what I mean? Like 2021 is now last year. But they put on a damn good match right there, Cody Rhodes and Scorpio Sky. And then we all know what happened after that. The great late Brody Lee on Saturday Night Dynamite. Roy Cody Rhodes right after that. But yeah, Cody Rhodes and Scorpio Sky put on a good TNT title match, so it'd be nice to see them run it back. It'd be nice to see that. I mean, we know Scorpio's not going to win, but, uh, well, actually, well, strange things have happened. Strange things have happened right there, but I doubt it. I, th- I still think Hook's the guy to beat him right now. Because, like, when Sam... Here's the thing between, like, Sammy and Cody being TNT champion... Like, we didn't know who was going to beat Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Because I had a lot of guys in mind, like guys like Hobbs, maybe Cassidy, or maybe uh, Jungle Boy. You know, there was so many names, like, popping up in my head. You know, but I didn't really think Cody. After all, like, the mid-card things that Cody was doing, I didn't think he was going to put himself back at that top, like, for a while. Maybe it's, like, this year. But no. But I think Hook is definitely that guy to beat Cody. I don't think there's anybody else, other, like... If there's anybody else, I would say Andrade, uh, El Idolo, because there are many few that they had just recently, so that would make sense. But Hook's definitely number one on that list, so Andrade would be number two. But, I mean, Cody, he would draw a lot of heat if he beats Hook. Like, you might see a riot right there if Cody beats Hook. That's all I'm going to say, so... Hopefully Cody does the right thing and drops that TNT title to Hook at Revolution. That's when I believe they'll go out right there, so Hook will definitely wrestle a little bit more before then, but that will be something right there for Hook, but if Cody was to beat him, oof, uh, I don't know about that one, Chief, I don't know about that one, I mean, I think the heat would be great, but uh, it would be, oh, it would be nuclear heat right there, 
But now we look to AEW Dynamite's debut on TBS next week. We got Hangman and Page defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship against the American Dragon Brian Danielson for the AEW World Heavyweight title. Most likely that will be the main event. Can't wait. Also, MJF will be in action. And for the TBS Women's Championship and the inaugural TBS Women's Championship match, we have Jade Cargill versus Ruby Soho. We also have Malachi Black versus Brian Pillman Jr. And for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, we have the Lucha Bros, Pentel Miedo, and Ray Phoenix versus Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I can't wait to be there at Dynamite on Wednesday. It's going to be a really good show. It's definitely probably going to be better than the Dynamite I saw back in September. That show was great. I think the show is going to be amazing. We'll talk more about Rampage after my Dynamite review next Thursday. All right. Well, that's it, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. Again, Happy New Year to you guys. Stay, stay safe. Stay healthy. Let's have an amazing year. Let's have an amazing 2022. So the next time I will talk to you guys will be on Monday where I will review my Dallas Cowboys playing the Arizona Cardinals. Let's see how that goes tomorrow. Let's see if my Cowboys can win their fifth straight game in a row, their last regular season home game of the season. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. So again, guys, enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you guys on Monday. Happy New Year, guys. Talk to you guys on Monday.